0: Hi everyone, welcome back to Vigilance for the End Times, episode number 10. The subject that uh, I've had in mind for this particular episode is spiritual clarity, seeing with kingdom eyes. Um, But I am just praying that the Holy Spirit will direct what I'm going to say tonight. Uh, I've got pages and pages of um, things that I wrote down uh, in praying the last couple of days and just getting in touch with what I feel the Lord wants to communicate uh, to all of us. Um, I certainly don't regard myself as being above anybody else uh, especially none of my listeners. Um, I just want to make sure that since we aren't talking face-to-face <clears throat> and I'm relying on the Lord to guide me to to give out what uh, what is needed, um, every one of us is in different places spiritually, but um, I am praying that the one thing, that is resonating with everyone who has been tuning in. I'm praying that the one thing that is resonating in all of our hearts is an overwhelming desire and hunger to hear from the Holy Spirit like never before, to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit like never before, And to be seeking Him above everything else. Um, We have seen so many changes. (laughs) We have seen horrific, catastrophic changes over the last 18, 19 months or more. And I am praying that everyone listening in on these podcasts understands that where we are right now, things are never going back to where they were, and there are very real reasons as to why that is. Um, Again, the subject for this particular podcast is spiritual clarity, seeing with kingdom eyes. Spiritual clarity. Just seeing things as God sees them, seeing things as the Holy Spirit is seeing them right now. God is in control. All of this has been pre-written. The outworking of it, at least what we're seeing so far right now, isn't necessarily in the books, but the, the current of where all of this is heading, the flow of that current is definitely pre-written. Um, but my calling and my commission from the Lord, my burden from the Lord, I, I say the words commission and calling like it's some high-sounding thing, but to me it's not. To me I'm not, this is not me boasting in anything. Um, I have been feeling a huge burden in my heart since the 1990s for the church uh, of Jesus Christ in um, Western society. And I'm saying that now because I'm living in Canada, so I'm not saying America, I'm encompassing the whole thing. Um, But for as long as I can remember My heart's desire has been to see the church of Jesus Christ living and behaving and acting and believing and moving like the church in the book of Acts. And come on, anybody that's honest, okay, um, looking at the book of Acts with both eyes wide open has to be completely honest with themselves and say, you know what, (laughs) the church in the book of Acts and what we call the church in Western society are are two completely different things. There is no similarity or resemblance whatsoever. And the way things are playing out right now I fail to understand how anyone who calls themselves a believer could fail to see and discern what is actually taking place before our very eyes. Um, one thing for sure is absolutely certain. That there has been an absolutely horrific lack of sound, easy to understand teaching on the Holy Spirit in the last several years. I want to say even longer than that, I want to say decades, but the last um, sound teaching that I ever came across uh, in my walk with the Lord concerning the Holy Spirit was from way back in the 1980s. Um, the Western Church has basically continued to uh, morph into something that caters to people's whims and wishes at all costs. We must keep the people coming back. We must keep them coming in the doors and sitting on our pews and listening to our bands and our worship teams and all the rest of it. Um, but the thing that is heaviest on my heart and when I'm talking into this microphone and I'm recording this message, I am thinking about all of my brothers and sisters on Facebook that are listening, um, their friends, their family that might be listening in as well for me, this is very personal. For me, this is nothing but personal. Um, I don't know where all of us are going to be this time next year. Today, it's, it's now October the 8th. Um, By October the 8th, next year, I don't know where we're going to be. I don't know what we're going to be going through. Nobody could have predicted uh, two years ago what we would have been going through all of uh, 2020 since March um, and this year. And humanity is just unraveling all around us. What grieves me is the Western professing church just continues to... Play patty cake and act as though at some point everything's going to go back to normal. So let's continue having our live streaming services and all this stuff. Um, Let's keep the religious machinery moving. Let's keep the gears turning. Um, It's like the Titanic is going down, but let's keep the band playing. So we can keep entertaining the people as the ship is going down. And my burden from the Lord is for my brothers and sisters out there who are, like many of you have already written me and and messaged me on Facebook and said, you know, these podcasts are really, really helping me. They're speaking to my spirit. Uh, they're, They're showing me what I need to do in my spiritual walk with the Lord. And I feel that the time is just getting shorter and shorter. And we've got to major on... Our spiritual condition, and um, the one thing that continues to haunt me is the fact that the Western professing church has abysmally failed to treat spiritual things with the same degree of seriousness that you find in the letters of Paul. And the book of Acts, um, it was a life or death situation to be a believer in that day and age, but we have lived in this West world bubble of <laughs> manufactured reality that just simply does not exist in so many other parts of the world. Um, we've never known persecution. There's never been Christian martyr blood shed on American soil once, not even once. And with eyes wide open, I see what's coming. I know many of you do. And there is no way in our current spiritual state that we are prepared for that. Our wells, our spiritual wells, are nowhere near dug deep enough. Um, I was reading a testimony tonight about uh, a man in Yemen, Christian man. He converted from Islam, had a wife and kids. Uh, his wife was just recently killed, and I think they have gone into hiding or something. But I read a statement that this man named Khaled uh, was talking to the person interviewing him for Voice of the Martyrs magazine. And this is what he says. Now, he just his wife was just brutally killed for her faith. Okay? Um, none of us have ever even had that come near our doorstep. But this is what our brother Khaled says. He says, when I think about our story, the only thing I can think is that God is preparing us for something bigger to serve him. It is in layer after layer of persecution that he changes us to be like him. Um... Yeah, I think I remember Joel Osteen preaching something like that the other week. Oh, no, that was not him. Definitely not him. Uh, our Western Christianity, it's... We have to be honest. It's its not Christianity. Uh, it's something we've slapped the word Christianity onto, but it's not. And... My burden, it just, it, I ache. Honestly, I, I ache because, and I haven't forgotten the title of our message today, Spiritual Clarity, Seeing with Kingdom Eyes. But the thing is, the Western professing church doesn't even have the slightest clue what the kingdom of God really is they don't even understand what the phrase kingdom of god means we have lived so long with mixture mixture of a little bit of christianity here and a little bit of christianity there but the rest of it it's all been add-ons by us you know um we'll go to church on sundays and we'll do what we want to do the rest of the week. But we'll go to church on Sundays to appease our religious conscience and to, you know, kind of, hey, you know, we've been 12 Sundays in a row. Oh, I'm a good Christian. Um, but our inner spiritual man, our inner man, if we were to have a device, a spiritual spiritual x-ray machine that we could stand behind and instead of it taking an x-ray of our internal organs or our bones or whatever if there were an x-ray machine that could show us the condition of our spirit and there was a a spiritual doctor there to read that x-ray and say oh my gosh well You know, your physical person is in great shape, but your spirit man, oh my gosh. When was the last time you fed it anything? It's like malnourished to the point of starvation. It's like an Ethiopian spirit. I'm sorry, I'm not trying to be crude, but I'm just trying to put it into perspective. We treat our spirit man... Like something we pay attention to once in a while. Now, if we're going to talk about spiritual clarity, seeing with kingdom eyes, we've got to have it in the right context. And we have to understand one thing right up front that there is no such thing as spiritual clarity as long as we're content to mix some of Christianity with the world. Um, and I'm not trying to come across as judgmental. I'm really not. I'm talking about spiritual health. I used to train businesses in first aid practices. And I was on site in so many places Right in the nick of time where I was called upon to treat accidents. And it was always somebody that should have known better, but they were taking a shortcut, and somebody got hurt. They got to clean up blood and take care of cuts or whatever else. And But I used to train businesses and first aid practices, and there were so many times when I did not know if the people that were in the training sessions would ever follow through with their training materials, if they would ever keep up to date, and knowing that somebody's life could end up depending on their expertise was a scary thing, Um, there was no way I could be on hand for every incident but just knowing that someone's life could depend on these people that just went through the first day training knowing what to do when the situation occurred. And the reason I'm saying all of that is because in the Western church, we have never really focused on Honestly, we haven't. I mean, look at the content of what is taught in churches today. Look at what passes for preaching and teaching. It's mostly religious band-aids or a little bit of life coaching mixed in with a little bit of scripture. (laughs) Uh, Some inspirational rah-rah cheerleading stuff. But nothing that really puts any muscle on your spirit man nothing that really causes your spiritual eyesight to suddenly become 2020 and and i know that jesus knew this was coming because in Revelation 2 and 3. And listen, folks, when you get some time, please do your spiritual health a really huge favor. Spend some time camped out in Revelation 2 and 3, where Jesus gives the clear-cut admonition. Let him who has an ear hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Let him, singular who has an ear hear what the spirit is saying to the churches plural Jesus knew that in these end times just before he returns that spiritual hearing was going to be at a premium And also notice Jesus is saying, let him who has an ear hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Jesus did not say, let him who has an ear hear what I, Jesus, am saying to the churches. No. Pay very close attention to how Jesus words things. Let him who has an ear hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Now, hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit is, like I said earlier, a subject that is so seldom taught on, and even then, not to any real great degree, and yet that is what our spiritual lives are hinging on right now, brothers and sisters. Our spiritual well-being is hinging on how well, how clearly we are hearing what the Holy Spirit is saying to the churches. Now, I am truly endeavoring to be as pinpoint accurate biblically and spiritually as I can possibly be while focusing on the New Testament topics that impact our daily spiritual walk and life. But if you read the New Testament with a spiritually militant set of eyes, you will see that every single thing that Jesus, the disciples, and the apostles did was completely and totally Spiritually strategic. There was no wasted effort. There was no religious activities taking place. Everything was kingdom focused. When Jesus sent them out, he said, Go and preach the gospel of the kingdom. He did not say, go and invite people to come to temple on Saturday. I have a special message. He never invited anyone to come to a building to sit and listen to him or anybody else. It was a go and preach to them. Strategy. Strategy. They <laughs> I guess what I'm struggling to get across is that we have to there's a there's a phrase that uh we used to use forget everything you think you know. Western churchianity has done a real hatchet job on our spiritual understanding. And the reality is, brothers and sisters, there is so much we have to unlearn and then relearn in such a short amount of time. So in addition to saying, forget everything you think you know, I'm going to add to that, take everything that you think you know and run it through the funnel of nothing but the word of God and the Holy Spirit. And see what comes out at the other end. Because, beloved, we are heading into the spiritual fight of our lives. And if there's a single religious thought in our heads that takes away from the power of the Word of God and the power of the Holy Spirit in our everyday life, it needs to be nuked, incinerated, obliterated. I always thought that the church in the West would come to its spiritual senses and begin to train and disciple believers accordingly, but that has not happened yet, and I don't foresee it happening. I foresee it happening through individuals like you folks who are tuning in right now. You wouldn't be listening to these podcasts if there was not something in your spirit resonating with what I'm saying, and... If there was not something in you truly hungry and thirsty for spiritual reality that has not been available where you've been going or where you've been looking. So as your brother, I vow that I will do everything in my power. God helping and enabling me to share every single thing that I believe will be needed in our spiritual walk in the same time. And I promise you, I will leave no stone unturned. If there is something that my heart tells me is for your spiritual benefit, I will focus on it like a laser. Or as the Apostle Paul would say, I, will hold, I held nothing back that was profitable for you. All I could ever ask in return is that our focus stay 100% on the Word of God and on the inspiration, the leading, the guidance, and the instruction of the Holy Spirit. Because when it comes right down to it, folks, the Holy Spirit and the Word of God are all we have. Proverbs one twenty two says, For scorners delight in their scorning, and fools hate knowledge turn at my wisdom, my rebuke, my correction, and surely I will pour out my spirit on you and make my words known to you. The believer's number one source of all true spiritual wisdom is the word of God and the Holy Spirit combined. Now, the thing is, the professing Church of the West is almost completely divorced the Holy Spirit from the very word that he inspired. And I'm afraid that the majority of professing believers in the West do not comprehend the profoundly perilous position this has placed them in. We have lived with a religious system completely void of power for so very long that we simply don't know anything else. We have been content and we have been comfortable with this religious system that we have created for ourselves. And now when the world is crashing in on itself, we're realizing, oh my gosh, we need something else. We are seeing the forces and the powers of evil swirling like hurricanes all over the planet, growing in power and in ferocity. And now we're waking up to the fact that we don't have the spiritual power within ourselves to match that. That's because we have been for so long content with living with a form of godliness while being completely void of the power of God. And now the bill is coming due. And we are running out of time fast to make a course correction. And I don't mean a slight adjustment. I mean a complete change of spiritual course that must be made if we're going to make it. We must have a complete and total spiritual overhaul of how we think. A complete and total assessment of the beliefs that we have clung to that have kept us in this half-dead, half-alive spiritual state for so long. And we have got to have the courage to prostrate ourselves, spirit, soul, and body, before the living God, and say, Holy Spirit, come inside me, come within me, and remake me from the inside out according to your power, and your word, and your authority. Because I've been bought with a price, and I am not my own. And I no longer hold any claims over myself. That is the point of desperation. That is the point of surrender and consecration. We have got to come to whatever it takes Because nothing else will work. This cannot be a side hustle, spiritually speaking. This cannot be some add-on to our existing way of life. This has to become our way of life. Starting yesterday. We have lived so long... As though we just live on a physical planet, surrounded by physical people and physical jobs and entertainment and worldly distractions. We have failed, as believers in the West, we have failed to understand that as professing children of God, we are part of a spiritual kingdom. And this fallen world is a fallen spiritual kingdom. And if your spiritual eyes could be opened so that all you saw in front of you were the things in the spirit realm, like the fallen angels, the demons moving through and motivating people, God's angels in the heavenlies, suddenly none of this material stuff would mean anything to you because you would be so confronted with nothing but the spiritual realities that exist around us every single day right now. We just haven't been paying attention. We've been going through this life, looking through only our physical eyes. We haven't seen the spiritual backdrop looming behind everything we can see with the naked eye and touch with our hands. All of this that is passing away, but he that does the will of God endures forever. But the things of this world are passing away. But to what extent have we actually lived like the things of this world are passing away instead of the things of this world are here to stay so when we talk about spiritual clarity and seeing through kingdom eyes, we talk about shifting our attention to the things that are unseen. Paul said the, the sufferings of this present life are not worthy to be compared with the glories that will be revealed in us. He said that the sufferings of this present time work for us an exceeding weight of glory while we, what? Look not at the things which are seen, but while we look at the things which are unseen. He was speaking those words to persecuted people Believers whose homes were being ransacked and destroyed, their belongings being taken, they were being thrown to lions, they were being brutalized and hunted and driven to the fringes of society. We are never tempted or pressured to look at the things which are unseen because everything has been really pretty much very rosy and cozy. But now, we are seeing this world take a different direction. And we are beginning to realize we have to recalibrate our spiritual thinking. What I'm trying to do with every fiber of my being. And sorry for my throat. It's a little bit hoarse because I've been doing a lot of praying today. <clears throat> what I'm trying to do with every fiber of my being, brothers and sisters, is to the fullest extent that I, because of the Holy Spirit speak through me and minister through me, is to get my brothers and sisters completely and totally spiritually ready and equipped for what is coming. That is what is uppermost, in my mind, seven days and seven nights a week. To help you stop looking through natural eyes at the natural world, but begin to see through spiritual eyes the spiritual realities that surround us the spiritual realities that are coming at us like a freight train, the spiritual realities that we will be forced to deal with at some point, whether we are prepared or not. And that weighs on me every single day, and it has for the last 30 some odd years. What we've got to begin doing now is reading our New Testament through spiritual eyes. And you will see just how much everything that was said or written was said or written with the kingdom of God in mind. And as it pertains to us, the New Testament church did not know what it was to be a disciple, to be a believer, apart from the operation and power of the Holy Spirit on a daily basis what we call Western Christianity, they would have just regarded it as dead temple worship, which is basically what we resurrected, thinking it was a good idea, but oops, it was just as dead in Jesus' day as it is now. Once we can come to that point where we truly understand and comprehend... That it is by the power of the living God we are meant to walk in and live in every single day. And that power is how we walk out the Christian life. Then phrases like the baptism of the Holy Spirit, for example, no longer confuse us or threaten someone who may have a religious bias. It simply becomes a matter of spiritual fact. What the New Testament reiterates over and over and over throughout the Gospels and through every apostolic letter is that it is the power of the Holy Spirit continually working in us that makes us the church, that brings us to maturity in Jesus Christ, and that empowers us to be spiritually effective ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ, each and every one of us. And it is the continual working of the power of the Holy Spirit that enables us to minister to one another, to edify one another, and to build one another up spiritually. The New Testament that we've been reading forever with our Western mindset has caused us to fail to look at it in the light of which it was written. Now, I'm going to just read off a few verses to you folks. Write them down or replay the podcast later and write them down. But you're going to notice in these verses I'm going to read to you some recurring words. Acts one eight but you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost is come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me. Acts 6, eight, And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and miracles among the people. Romans 15.19 By the power of mighty signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and round about unto Illyricum, I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. Romans 15:13. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you believe in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Roman, uh, I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians 2, 4. My message and my preaching were not with persuasive words of wisdom, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. 1 Corinthians 4, 20. My, I'm sorry, for the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. Now, this is one we lean on a lot. Philippians 4:13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Ephesians 6:10, finally my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Now, in all of those verses that I've just read to you, the word power in the Greek in each one of those verses comes from the word dunamis, or a variation thereof. We get the word dynamo from that word. And in these verses, it is a miraculous power. It is not human power. It is not derived from human sources. It is derived from supernatural source, which is the Holy Spirit. I, uh, I like Ephesians 6.10 because the Greek wording where it says, be strong in the Lord, the wording comes from a Greek word that means dominion in the power of his might. So basically translated, it would say, be strong in the power that is derived from his dominion which is awesome because, remember, it says in Ephesians, we are seated with him in heavenly places far above all principality and power. Ephesians 1, 19 and 20, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe? According to the working of his mighty power. Translated properly, it would say the exercising of his dominion power on our behalf. So, (laughs) what I am saying, brothers and sisters, is that the power that we are meant to be living by every day and absorbing every day is the power of the Holy Spirit and this is where the baptism of the Holy Spirit comes sharply into focus because the Holy Spirit is the one who administers all of these things to us. So I am uh, I'm running a little bit out of time but I wanted you to look at uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Now, it says elsewhere, I believe in Colossians, all the treasures of wisdom are hidden in Christ Jesus. But as we look in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we see the partnership of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit working together concerning the gifts. And in every verse that speaks of a particular gift, it is the Spirit who does the administering of that gift, distributing each one as he wills now in John 16 and please spend some time in John 16 Jesus says when he the spirit of truth comes he will guide you into all truth he will not speak on his own he will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is to come he will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will take from what is mine and make it known to you. Now, take some time after this podcast and read what Jesus just spoke about the Holy Spirit. Read it very slowly and truly contemplate what he is saying. Jesus said, all that belongs to the Father is mine and the Holy Spirit will take from what is mine and make it known to you. This means that the Holy Spirit administers the total spiritual wealth and provision of the Father and Son, and the Holy Spirit administers all of what is from the Father and the Son by revelation. If we are going to receive what Jesus said the Holy Spirit wants to give us, it will be in the manner that the Holy Spirit works, which is by revelation to your spirit and without the baptism of the Holy Spirit, everything that Jesus said belongs to you, everything that Jesus and the Holy Spirit want to administer to you from the Father and Son will never be available to you through any other channel. So again, the Holy Spirit is the administrator. So we've got to and this is where I'm just depending on the Holy Spirit to quicken what I'm saying to people. Um I know that many of you have already written me and said this is really hitting home for you, so praise God. But if there's any one thing I could get across to you, it is that the Holy Spirit is to us what Jesus was to the disciples. He is ever-present. He, he is our teacher. He is our Lord. It says this where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. So he is called the Spirit of the Lord. He deserves every bit as much reverence and respect as we would give to Jesus himself because He, Jesus said, if, if I don't go, the Father can't send the Holy Spirit. And he said, it is more beneficial for you that I go so the Holy Spirit can be sent. So wherever we have had religious programming, it's time to just, you know what? The, the hour's late, guys. The hour's late. Um, A drowning man does not argue over the color of the life preserver that gets thrown to him. We need everything the Holy Spirit was sent to give to us, reveal to us, and minister to us. Because Jesus said, to him that overcomes, to him that overcomes, there is no way we're going to overcome without the Holy Spirit. So I am praying in Jesus' name that God will open all of our eyes more spiritually than they've ever been. I pray the word of God will just come flying off the page when you open up your Bible and it will just set your spirit and your heart on fire. And you will just look at your Bible and be like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe I've had this in my house all these years and I've never felt like this before I've never felt this illumination and this revelation and this power and this strength because that is truly the diet that we need spiritually on a daily basis and I am praying every single day that if you're hungry that you will feed on Jesus and his word tonight. And if you are thirsty, trust that he wants you to drink in the Holy Spirit until you are not only full, but overflowing. And in the name of Jesus, I just bless all of you that have been listening tonight. I bless you in Jesus' name. And I pray that the Holy Spirit will minister to you like never before. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen.